Welcome to the Living Clean Podcast. I'm your co-host Mason S. With me as always is Travis K. This broadcast is not meant to replace meeting, sponsorship, step work, or service. This is meant to be just another tool in your recovery toolbox. Our guests are here to share their experience, strength, and hope with recovery through Narcotics Anonymous. Thank you for joining us. All right, welcome back to the Living Clean Podcast. This is episode number 34, I think, and we are rolling. Rolling. Tonight, the topic is Tradition 7. First of all, my name's Mason S. I'm an addict. With me, as always, is my man, TK. Yeah, yeah. And this is the part where we introduce our guests, so wait for it. Waiting. There's nobody here. There's nobody here. So, folks, tonight, you're stuck with me and OTK. Winging Um, it. We're winging it. Um, We just figured that we knew so much about Tradition 7 to bring anybody else on here would be just a total injustice. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Ain't that what you told me before we started recording? I never said no such thing. No. No, but we're going to... be like a right guard commercial. This Bringing anybody else in here would be uncivilized. Uncivilized. <laughs> yeah, so what we're going to do is we're going to chat for a minute, and then we're going to talk about uh, everybody's favorite tradition. Some call it the money tradition, but as we're going to come to find out, it has much more to do with than just money, but we'll get there. First thing I want to ask you, man, is... Um, you know, when we first started doing this, a uh, little, I guess, probably 15, 17 episodes in, you had your little accident. and uh, Has it been that long ago? It's been a while. 30 episodes or 15 episodes ago? Yeah. Well, it's been since July. I mean, however many weeks it's been. Um, But yeah, since then, man, like, how's it coming along? How are you doing? It sucks. Straight up. Well, you're dealing with your thoughts most of the time because you're not able to do any kind of physical anything. And you're stuck at the house all day trying to figure out what to do with yourself. Uh, My guitar playing's got extremely better. Oh, yeah. Uh, I can say that. You know, uh, I've noticed it myself. Like, I can do licks that I just thought was basically impossible before. Yeah, so all sickness ain't death. No, it's not, but uh, dealing with yourself on a daily basis when you go from absolutely 100 miles an hour and then it just comes to a complete halt. You know, I mean, you're working 50, 60 hours every single week of your life and then it goes to nothing and you're sitting here and you're dealing with the pain, trying to figure out, you know, how long am I going to take this pain medicine? At the same time, you're worried about what the disease is telling you, Yeah, you know, and, you know, like, am I supposed to lay in this pain or am I supposed to take it? And then you look at the pill bottle and it says as needed. Does that mean, like, I need five or six at one time, you know? Yeah. All that shit goes through your head and you you think like now I'm supposed to take one every 4 hours. And it's and you go up there and you look at that bottle and you think, "Do I really need this now? Do I really need to take this?" And should I wait until the pain starts or should I take it now to avoid the pain that I'm going to be in? I mean, there's so much shit that runs through your head about this whole thing. Yeah. You know, it's uh, it's a struggle. And, of course, you looked at me a couple times, you know, before we started the podcast, I think. And you said, man, you're going to have some shit to work through. And I have. I most certainly have. It's been um, people not necessarily doing what you want them to do when you think they should do it. And the only thing you got is to sit here at this house and think about all the shit that you need to do, but you're capably 
unable to do it. So, I mean, there's a lot of stuff that goes, you know, uh, I can remember reading that part of relapse and recovery where it talks about in times of illness. Yes. And, you know, I've, I've, you know, thought about this so many times, like, do I need to take this? And, you know, sometimes it's just unbearable and it's just like, you know, I'm, I'm going to take it. Yeah. Um, of course, you know, I'm not out on the street right now looking for painkillers, you know, and all that shit. And I'm, I'm managing to get by. Now, I do know that you've turned to some people who've, you know, in our sponsorship family that's done that, that's been through something that's similar as far as having to take medication. Has that helped you a lot? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, well, you just got to ask yourself when you walk up out of the counter and you start to take something, do I need this right now? Yeah. That's basically it in a nutshell. You know, am I avoiding for what I think's going to happen? And, you know, you get so many different aspects on people that's not necessarily been through it. Right. You know, like, well, hey, they prescribed you that shit. You need to take it. And I was like, well, I don't. It says as needed. Yeah. That's the kicker to it. It's as needed. Yeah. Do you have a hard time determining what when or who should decide when it's needed well i mean who (laughs) (laughs) well i have to say you know like my wife has totally stayed out of it she's left it up to me to and i guess that's a that's a trust thing you know like she trusts me to do the right thing you know that's that's a big deal because I don't know if I should say that. You know, I was listening to the last episode on the way down to Huntsville, and uh, I was cracking up. You felt like you, it felt like you were walking on eggshells the whole time, man. You had me rolling because you were so afraid to dive off in some of those things. Yeah, well, I mean, it's it's a lot of things that, you know, that from a man's perspective and seeing it from a woman's perspective, it's two different things. You know, there's a lot of things that we can bring up in a relationship that is really painful for the other one. But until I get to a certain point of pain, it might not necessarily come out. Right. And it's it's just a hard subject. So I'll just go back to what I was talking about. <laughs> and it's, it's basically, you know, like control. Yeah. You know, uh, I know that women do like to control some is you know certain situations but my wife has totally stayed out of this well that's yeah. good um she hasn't she hadn't asked me you know nothing about it at all and you know i mean like i said uh i'm not trying to get high i'm trying to stay within like toleration toleration okay. yeah. yeah yeah and for those of y'all listening i can attest to it too that I, I see Travis probably five times a week, and the man's not over here slobbering or anything. He's uh, he probably doesn't take as much as he should, and um, you know he's a bit stubborn on that. But I, I can I can totally understand why why you would want to do that too. Um, but anyways, uh, I just remember one incident. You know that I I just can't hardly forget about you know that night that morning you know after the surgery and you was there <laughs> you know and she walked in and she's like you're not slobbering today and i was like do i have a choice you know and that's what i was thinking about you know yeah. i i just don't think that i really had a choice at that moment because it was like they was bringing pain medicine i was like this ain't even working i don't yeah. know why that you're even giving me this stuff yeah and for those of y'all that don't know you know travis had an accident broke his back and a bunch of different places um just found out that his knees messed up too and you know when we first got to the hospital uh he was in a rough way you know he was in a rough way so when he talks about her coming in and saying no more slobbering today we're talking about like fresh out of surgery uh <laughs> i mean the man hadn't even had time to to con- uh to really um contemplate what had happened and and even 
he didn't have time to even see if the surgery had worked or any of that. And then Stacy was already in there. Well, I remember when they come in. It wasn't very long after that 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 yeah. guy came in there and he's like, "Hey, let's walk." I was like, "What? <laughs> Are you serious?" I mean, I was. I can remember being like, uh, when I stood up, you know, it was like trying to gain your balance was just uh, brutal. Even trying to raise up in the bed, it was just like learning to, to basically walk all over again. It was crazy. Yeah. Uh, let's go back to something you were talking about a minute ago. You Because you worked 50, 60 hours a week, and I, I guess a person doesn't realize until they're out of that situation of how much – filling your schedule up every day really helps us as far as staying out of our head. Um, I can remember, I know a guy that we both know used to say that he said, hell, if you take two showers a day, you eat three meals a day, you work eight to 10 hours, you sleep eight to 10 hours. He said, you call your sponsor, you go to a meeting, you read some literature. He said, by the time you do all that, you've got about 45 minutes of a day that you really got to worry about messing some shit up. And so you take, hell not even eight to ten hours you were working 12 to 14 most of the time you take 12 to 14 hours of your day just free it up and you do that by what set you're talking 70 80 hours a week you know that that was accounted for that's just gone now and so i can see where you get in your head but the question i'm leading up to is how have you dealt with it I told you I learned a lot of guitar riffs. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's, it's all, it, it, it really goes back to calling people. And I call people on a daily basis. Yeah. Um, you know, I talk to, uh, of course, we talk to more people in the program than we do uh, outside of the program. Right. Uh, of course, you know, mom will call. You know, because she wants to know how little, <laughs> little her little baby boy her is. Her little baby's doing. You know. And, uh, uh, you know, family outside of Narcotics Anonymous, you know, they'll check, they've been checking out on me, you know, how are you doing? How's your pain? And all, you know, all that. Yeah. And of course, they're worried about how much of that are you taking? Right. You know, last time I seen my mother, she said, You look bad. I said, Did you realize what I just went through? <laughs> <laughs> you know, and it, it's so hard to convince them that. I'm not, She and I remember something mom said to me. It really kind of destroyed me inside. She's like, you looking like you did when you first went down there. And I was like, damn, do I look that rough? You know, I was like, man, I tell you what, getting trapped under a forklift will, will really do it to you. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, of course, I mean, I look in the mirror every single day, and I was like, I don't see that that old no. guy. No. staring back at me you look more uh, normal now than you did you looked rough after it was over because you'd been through a traumatic event but yeah you're back to normal looking in your face you well, fucking feel your walk ain't good. there yet you tell me that, about it you got that gun walk going on like little wayne <laughs> we used to say well i don't know nothing about that i don't either it's from active addiction mm. okay See me walking with a limp. That's my gun walk. <laughs> we got copyright on that. Oh, that's probably not even the way it goes anyway. Um, Sounded just like it. <clears throat> yeah. But, yeah, man, I thought all things considered from the outside looking in that you've done well with it, man. And uh, so let's shift gears for a minute before we dive into the topic. I didn't even know we was going there anyway. Well, I didn't either until we got started. That's the cool thing about this. Yeah. Um, but let's shift gears for a minute because this is a special week for us. It sure is. Yeah. Um, it's something that we do every six months. Are we promoting this? Well, we're not promoting it, but I want to just uh, – what I'm leading at is I want to talk about – well, before I get into explaining it, let me tell you what we're talking about. Every six months, our sponsorship family has a retreat. Now, let me say this with a disclaimer. We never claim that this is an NA function. We just all happen to be NA members who are part of the same sponsorship family who get together, right? So 
this is not, it's not really technically N.A. No, it's not. Yeah. So, but saying that, uh, what's neat about it is it's been one of the best instruments, you know, and I've only been to a couple and you've been doing this for almost five years now. Close. Six. Six. Yeah. Six years. Where you been? Uh, time flies, buddy. I'm telling you. Um, <laughs> but, uh, it's been one of the best tools about building your network and, one of the problems, one of the issues that I have or that I'm terrible at is I'm terrible at picking up the phone consistently. Like, I like to call people and I'll talk to them a couple of times, but then it's like the bridge kind of get, uh, there's kind of a gap there, and then I won't pick the phone back up until we see each other in person. And what's been cool about the retreat is. You know, every six months you're fixing to see all these people again. So you start calling them all. You start calling them all. You know, you start talking about, are you ready? You know, you got something to talk about because it's something you're all looking forward to. You know, much like a convention and stuff like that. But, you know. Um, but anyways, I mean, how, how is the the retreat and just the sponsorship family, you know, affected your recovery and developed your network? I would say that probably 60%. I'd say it's ever bit that high. 60% of my recovery comes through that, that tree. Um, I'd say the other 40 is uh, from people that we meet, Yeah, you know, outside. But uh, a lot of times, you know, and this is, uh, this is just a true statement, you know, we meet people at conventions and stuff and get their numbers, and we call them once or twice, and it kind of fades. But that sponsorship family, it's always there. Man, yeah. it gives me cold chills thinking about, you yeah. know, what a big influence that it has on our lives as a daily. And this is another thing is getting to know that pe- those people uh, that close that when you've got somebody going through, and I know you said this at a meeting other night, you know, it's like Travis knows somebody that he can turn somebody else on to because he knows about other people. Yeah. And the only way that we ever get to know anybody is, you know, we get close to them in that family and we know exactly. And, uh, man, there's some hard issues going through our family right now. Yeah, there no really doubt. is. Um, well, what's cool is like, it seems like as big as the family is, there's always something going on, but it's always something that somebody else in the family's dealt with. Yeah, and you can turn them on. And, you know, of course, it's it's hard for somebody to call somebody that doesn't know somebody and ask right. them something, uh, you know, whatever hard they're going through about a hard subject. It is very difficult for somebody to call a stranger and say, hey, look, I know that you've been through this. Can you help me out? Yeah. And what people, you know, like, especially newcomers, they don't know what they're fixing to do for somebody else. Right. They don't know that. It's hard to see it from that, from being brand new to think that me calling this guy is really going to help him and give him an opportunity to. When I'm the one asking for help. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. It's hard for a newcomer. It was hard for me to, to see it like that when I was brand new, you know. Um, but yeah, man, it's a really great thing. And by the time this drops, we'll be right there on Saturday night getting ready for the, no, it'll be over. Well, not necessarily. If we get up and drink coffee the next morning, what's it'll cool, be out. What's cool is by when Wait this drops at 12 a.m. Is this going to drop this week? This will drop Sunday morning at 12 a.m. Okay. So, so what's yeah. cool is we'll probably be sitting around a fire. Yeah, we set up late. There'll be four or five of us sitting there, one, two o'clock in the morning, just talking and some of the most intimate and and most, you know, um, unbelievable conversations that that you have in in that setting. And it's really something that's cool. Um, But, yeah, for me, you know, getting to see those people over and over again consistently – 
uh, it, it really helps you. I, and, and I think we, we kind of talked about this the other night in the meeting. It, it's time is how you build these intimate relationships. It's doing things with each other. You know, a phone call will take you to a certain place, but after a while, it's like getting together, you know, and um, seeing the good, the bad, and the ugly. Because us addicts, we all make a good first impression. We're masters at that. You know, unless you just happen to catch us in a bad spot. But we're really good at hiding the bad. I think when we get intimates, when we've been around each other to see our flaws, too. And uh, love each other through it still, you know. Yeah, well, one thing that um, when you was talking about, you know, getting intimate and everything else. But some of our listeners might not know that we're from Tennessee and a big portion uh, started from Mississippi and Alabama. And if you don't know SEC football, <laughs> we just come off of a horrible loss. And oh. I just wonder how that's going to go over that we're going to have much of that. We're going to have to listen to because we definitely had somebody down there waving a Tennessee flag last year. And I was like, man, you need to put that shit up. Well, I think he's going to get it bad. <laughs> I think he's well-deserved. He's going to get it bad. And, um, yeah, but we're not going to mention any names, Johnny. No, we're not. <laughs> but if only somebody would have told him last year, don't I, be doing this. I did tell him. I know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know. But yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. That's going to be a blast. Um, yeah, I've been preparing for the past two weeks. Yeah, on a daily basis, and you know, I talk to some that's you know. Uh, that's, I mean, counting down like a jail sentence. It's yeah. like, hey, man, you know, we ain't got two seven nine, days in a wake-up. Two, seven days. <laughs> it's like, I'm getting out of here. What it, What is it now? Is it a... Uh, it's one day in a wake-up, One buddy. day in a wake-up, and it's well, there. We're there. Yeah. 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 My man Travis, uh, he has dubbed the nickname Biscuit because he, he uh, has perfected a buttermilk biscuit recipe that we'll all get to wake up to every morning and and have and and we we're editing this out this is not staying here because i'm not having people come up to me at conventions going hey biscuit what's up they already do no it's just a sponsorship family we're not editing you'll see when it comes out well no uh but um well since you brought it up let's Let's shift gears to that, too. Let's talk about that for a minute because it's coming up. Um, how special has Out of the Darkness been to you? Uh, well, I mean, we've done our first one together. Yeah. You know, uh, I got clean in September of 17, and Mason got clean in January of, of 18. 18. Yeah. And, of course, Out of the Darkness happens in February. So we got to witness our first convention together. And it was, um, you kind of clung. Can I use that word clung? Clung. Clang. 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 Yeah. Okay. We clang kind of around, you know, the people that we knew because we was afraid still to kind of get outside of our little, uh, of course my, my sponsor at the time was actually, uh, what was he? He was, he wasn't the chair. He was the the vice chair. Yeah, he was the vice chair. Yeah, and he was running around like a chicken with his head cut off. And I'm running around with this book, just trying to get people to sign it because I wanted something. I still got that book where everybody signed it. You know, there's certain people would go in the just for today part of it, and they'd write something in there, and then that way I could discover it as I read. You know, it was pretty cool. You know what I think back to is. There were staples inside that, because, I mean, it's an area convention. It's North Alabama area. But there were staples inside of that area that, that always participate in that convention. And, of course, when we got there, to us, they were just like these recovery gods. Yeah. But to think now how close we are with so many of those guys, um, it's pretty cool. And it's one thing that really sticks out to me. Um which uh 
you know, I look forward to that convention as much as I do anything. And now well, fast forward. You just, you meet a lot of people. Yeah. That just know so much about how we got here. Because when I first read the basic text, I wanted to know who wrote it. Yeah. You know, I was like, man, this book has read my mail right now. And I want to know where it came from. That was it. Because I knew, I hadn't heard, because if you go to any kind of treatment, you're going to hear how AA started. Yeah. You're going to know who Bill W. is yeah. and everything else. But nothing was ever said about Narcotics Anonymous. And it was like this big mystery to me. So it was like, how do I find out about this? Well, I'm going to open my mouth and ask. Yeah. And I'm actually, I actually plan on when we get into the topic, I think I'm going to bring up that old AA fellowship. Talk about a little tradition history on this tradition we're going to talk Ooh. about. All right. Well, um, I'm looking forward to this. Yeah. Hey, one thing I want to say, too, you know, uh, Travis shared something pretty intimate there in the beginning. And um, if you're listening and you're going through something similar, feel free to reach out to him. Call that number. Get in touch with him. Um, I know he'd be grateful to hear from it. And from what he just said, he's got plenty of time to talk. So reach out to him and holler at him. Yeah. Unless you catch me on a guitar lick and I'm right in the middle of it. Yeah. No, I'm just playing. I'm no, he... He's usually good about answering the phone. Um, but, yeah, I'm looking forward to the retreat and the convention and a lot of things going on. You know, I got to participate in something pretty cool this weekend and down in Huntsville. Um, and and I'd be remiss to say or not to say how I got involved in that, and which I think is pretty cool. And it's going to sound a lot like, I'm tooting our horns. Um, but really what has happened is our group kind of struggled for a little bit. This is well documented. We've said it on here a bunch. Uh, the, in a nutshell, the key to getting over that was a couple of us getting passionate about traditions and our sponsors. You know, our group kind of suffered from sponsorship incest for a little bit. Like, everybody inside of our group all sponsored each other. There was a treatment center there. So it was very similar to a treatment center meeting where everybody sponsored everybody and hadn't really broke outside of that. Now, me and Travis ended up getting sponsors outside of the group. And when we would share some of the details that we were doing about our business meeting, they'd be like, ah, Man, maybe it didn't uh, go like that. Well, uh, yeah, they were like, <laughs> well, to be just to be flat out honest, he said, my sponsor said, "Oh, you can't fucking do that." <laughs> <laughs> like everything I was sharing, with, and I was like, "And we did this," and he'd be like, "Oh, you can't fucking do that either." And I'd say, "Well, the good thing is we did do was this," and he go, "You really can't fucking do that." But long story short, we eventually got there we started learning about traditions and applying them and our group has changed uh tremendously to the point to where now me and travis were both been involved in a uh a guiding principle study with the sponsorship family but here in town now our our group members of our group have uh started their own guiding principle study at, at a member's house and you know, people have really fell in love with the traditions because they've seen the result. Now, a result of all that work, the surrounding areas around us have really started to notice. And so we, I got invited to come share on the traditions at a workshop that um, the Madison County area of Narcotics Anonymous, which is Madison County, Alabama, that area, which is roughly the Huntsville area around Huntsville, Alabama. Um, they've kind of seen some of the results of that, and they were interested in kind of shedding some light on the traditions. And, you know, for a lot of people, unless you're nerds like us, the traditions are not really sexy. Well, uh, look at it when you, as a newcomer. Yeah. I mean, you're like, well, I don't need none of that. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's like, hey, I just need, and I remember... You know, thinking in my head whenever I asked Chip to be my sponsor, I told him, I, you know, I asked him, and one of the things that he said was I'd be honored to, and I was like, man, this guy's so crazy. I don't know if I need this guy or not. 
<laughs> honored to sponsor me. You know, there's what am I got to give you? You know, and of course, what I said earlier, you know, but um, I forgot where I was going with it. Well, we were talking about the traditions, and but anyways. Oh, yeah, the traditions, you know, like I just want to work some steps. Yeah. And just get better and not use drugs no more. That's all I want to do. That's it. Well, there's so much more to it than just that. Yeah. You know, because when you get in tradition work, it's like it protects the group from me. Exactly. You know, and that's that's vital. I heard uh, somebody down there at that workshop say that the steps keep keep me from committing suicide and the traditions keep me from committing homicide. That sounds about right. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Uh, but anyways, yeah, so they invited me down there to to speak on a panel with some other people, and it was pretty cool. Uh, there was four people on the panel, and each one went through three traditions, and then we had a back and forth with the with the um, people that were there, the people that attended, and it was really neat. And I think we covered all the bases of all the traditions doing it that way. Because uh, I know for me, certainly, I can't get up there right off the top of my head and make sure that I cover all the bases on three different traditions. Um, even though my f- fear of failure and looking like an asshole uh, caused me to print up seven pages worth of notes that I didn't never even take out of my pocket, but I felt secure kind of like the drug addict who goes and gets the dope and starts feeling better before he ever even uses it, just knowing that it's in his pocket. Yeah, either that or <laughs> buying shit on himself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, but it was a cool experience, man. And it, it, I, I heard uh, or I seen on one of the posts from somebody that was on here earlier, they were making a joke about the, the term crank my tractor, but... People oh, getting yeah. on fire for the traditions really cranks my tractor. Yeah. Well, I didn't come up with that either. Yeah. So uh, if you're out there listening, Ryan, yeah. thank you. Yeah. I love it whenever Ryan goes, we're going to take a moment of silence for whatever cranks your tractor. And JW <laughs> will say, the spark plug, the gasoline. <laughs> He'll just go. <laughs> Ryan will also say, Let's take a moment of silence for whatever floats your boat. And JW will say, Are we uh taking a moment of silence to water? <laughs> 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 oh, they're a trip. No, but yeah, man, the traditions they call them the ties that bind us together for a reason. And you know, if there's a lot of external things and reasons why people believe that groups are you know, not flourishing or struggling, but I, if you can't find it in the traditions, I just don't think you're looking hard enough because it's the solutions are in there. You start applying those principles to that tradition, the traditions and, you know, into the best of your ability and look, you learn them by breaking them. You sure do. The pain of breaking them will eventually motivate you to do something different. You know, so and, you know the the kicker to it is like almost like if you just read the tradition and basically look up some of the words that's in those traditions and find out what they really mean. Because I know we got a concept that we think, oh, I already know what that word means. Well, you look it up and it's like, well, that ain't what it means. Yeah, you know, uh, I was so far off on some of the things that I thought about, but uh, it does. It saves us from ourselves yeah and it's good to look up some of those words too because even like the previous tradition that we work on there's a word in there that you probably hear every time but you don't really think about but it says less less money less problems of money money, property and prestige and i was thinking it meant unless but really what that word means is because (laughs) Basically, that's what it means in Tennessee. Hillbilly is yeah, buzz cuz. Buzz cuz. Problems of money, property, of prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Yeah. So I thought in for the longest that it meant that money, property, and prestige wouldn't divert us, that we needed more of that. 
<laughs> Here we go. That right. leads us right into number seven. Right into number seven. Um, this is your part, buddy. My part. All right. Tradition seven says that every NA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Every NA group ought to be fully self-supporting. Well, the first thing I think of is like myself. How am I self-supporting today? Yeah. Yeah. So it's pretty easy to read this tradition because how is the group self-supporting? Well, let, let, let's go okay. different. Let's talk about the group first and then let's get into how we apply this outside. Because this is one of the, I think easiest traditions to kind of see how it applies to your life but also the most one of the most important ones that we uh try to apply outside of our life too um so i told you i was going to mention aa for a minute all right here comes this story i can't wait yeah so kind of and i think i i don't want i'm not going to give anybody credit for telling me this because if i murder it i don't want to everybody to think that they did it wrong or they told me wrong but what i think i remember is that in the beginning when aa was trying to get on its feet they went to these um different investor type people um whether it be i can't remember whether it be a company or individuals i think it was some individuals and actually these were really smart businessmen who it wasn't AA finding out the hard way. It was actually the businessmen that were willing to share with them. If you allow people to put their money in this, they're always going to be able to tell you what to do. And they'll always have their hands in what you do. So the best thing that you can do is become self-supporting. And, um, you know, and, and I'm paraphrasing. It's it's somewhere about that. Uh, but yeah, so to me, I th I think that's pretty freaking cool. The fact that it came from outside, from quote normies, that that told Bill that you probably don't want to go down this route to where you have people investing in this thing. And that probably comes from like the writings. That we get in our tradition that we read at every single meeting where it comes to many of our problems are like those that our predecessors had to face. Yeah. You know, so we, if we listen to what people tell us that they've been through, then yeah. we don't have to worry about ever going through that. You know, because there's been a lot of times that people's outside sources has written checks to our group. Oh, and we've us, done it, yeah. And us not knowing this tradition that well. And accept them. Yeah. You know, and it's hard to tell somebody because of one of their family members or, you know, whoever it is, that they're so grateful for what NA's done and blah, blah, blah. And they're like, here, we want to give you. And they show up at a meeting, yeah. you know, wanting to write a check. Even the place where our, our meeting is held, uh, the people that own the building have tried to, you know, they have gave us money then refused to take it back and then we just have to go hide it somewhere in there and <laughs> you know it, it's but but it's important that we do that um and, and i guess you can go a bunch of different routes why it's important the biggest thing for me is because we don't want other people um influencing or trying to change what we've already got yeah and the only way to sustain what we got is to be self-supporting and um well people can't separate us from that group yeah whenever you know like hey we want you to come out here and talk at this meeting blah 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 yeah. or such and it's like well look can you separate me from na yeah. At this point, you know, like if I come out there and share, I'm not sharing from this fellowship at this point. Yeah. You know, and that public relations, that's where we've got that in our group to where they can talk to them people and say, hey, this is if if we've got somebody coming out, this is not we're not representing 
yeah. Narcotics Anonymous. And it's a slippery slope. It really is like, you know, like, and if PI or PR, whichever one you want to call it. I think it's PR now. Okay. All right. So if, if somebody was to come out and say, hey, we want somebody to speak at this drug coalition, we'll call it that. Yeah. And be like, look, this is separate from what you're here to grab somebody from. That's not a representation, you know, and yeah. it's, man, it's such a slippery, slippery slope on yeah. stuff like that. And I think a lot of the, you know, a lot of the pan, that's the reason why there's a panel of people who, yeah, I guess you could pretty much say who we train and who are, who are seasoned at being able to deal with the public and very rarely, and, and it's highly suggested that you never try to do that on your own. It's usually a group of people, and basically in a PR situation, and from my understanding, is that they are just um, there to talk about the fellowship and not their personal stories. But anyways, so one of the interesting points that was brought up this weekend about the seventh tradition, fully self-supporting, was because we all... We all like to think of it as the money tradition, but it goes farther than that. But realistically, it's a lot deeper than that because when we go, like, we'll just use our group, for example. When I go to a meeting there, somebody has already put the chairs out. Somebody has made the coffee. Somebody has passed out all the readings. Um, and whatever else needs to be done, cut the lights on, turn the air on. And um, those are things that don't involve money that we don't depend on other people to do either. Uh, even when we do events, right? Like, we're not seeking outside sources to help us do events. Like, when, for example, we did the... The only thing we seek is members. Yeah, that's, that's it. it. Yeah, we, we, we put in all the work. Now, with that being said, there's another tradition that kind of talks about you know the special workers and we'll we'll get into that on down the line um but as far as at the group level there's there's very rarely especially in a little rural town like this there's very rarely a need for us to employ somebody outside the fellowship to do things for us now in certain areas in really big towns and you know even at world services there are there are numbers of reasons why we need people on the outside to pay them you know to employ them to do some of the work for us because it's just a it's a job that we that takes so much time that you couldn't justify uh, them working anywhere else yeah so um but yeah self-support goes much deeper than just money it's about setting our things up we put on our own events we uh we do our own cooking, our own cooking, our own PR. We do our own H and I. We are the ones that go and actually carry the message. We don't depend on other entities. We don't pay advertisement. You know, uh, we may run an ad in the paper, but we're not um, promoting our stuff. It's actually when we say carry the message, like in previous episodes where we've referred to it as a verb, we're actually carrying the message. You know, so those are ways that I see self-support, too, is, um, you know, we do all of our own work for the most part. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, we do. And we can kind of shift now, if you want to, and kind of talk about this in our personal life. The one that I always go to when I'm talking about this story is there hit, was... Hit the song again. Boom, 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 one of the things that I always go to is actually when I lived here with you and Stacy. Uh, when I first got clean, I lived with my brother next door for a little bit, and then I ended up moving in over here with Stacy and Travis. I did you live here by then? I knew by the time I left, you lived here. I'm not sure. Yeah, either way, I lived with my sister anyway, um, in one of her bedrooms, and I lived rent free. And 
One of the problems that I would have is my sister's a clean freak. And at that point in my life, I kept a very messy bedroom. Very messy. So she would like to come in and tell me to clean up my area. And it would infuriate me. Because I'm like, she's talking to me like I'm a fucking teenager. I'm, I'm at the time in my late 20s. You know, I felt like I was an adult and couldn't nobody tell me that again. But the problem was I lived under her roof in her house and paid no rent. I was not fully self-supporting. So the one that was supporting me, the one that had the money involved, was able to tell me exactly what I should do in that room and they had every right to do it. So, hence, if I wanted to keep a messy bedroom and be okay with it, I needed to get my own place and pay my own rent. And then I keep that some bitch as messy as I want to. But up until then. All I wanted you to do was turn that fan off. That was it. Just unplug the fan. No, the fan's got to run. Yeah, well, you wouldn't pay an electric bill. Yeah. <laughs> but here we go. Yeah, we're not even we're going. going that we're going to start throwing darts at each other. Fast forward, <laughs> I have my own room at my own house uh, that I pay for. A maid, almost half of it. No, I don't pay for no maid anymore. Well, I did. I I'm not talking. I did about pay it. for not, a maid. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. But it it was my niece. It wasn't really a maid. I'm not. Well, I I think of people who have maids as financially secure i had somebody that come and picked up my dirty clothes for a little side hustle uh, okay well we'll call it that yeah a maid actually goes and cleans your house and cooks you dinner and does all that oh. where's the well i didn't know that about a maid i didn't know she cooked dinner yeah okay well learn something um but yeah so when i became fully self-supporting until i decided to get married nobody told me what i could do in my own place because I paid all the bills. I did all that. And, um, hence being married, void everything. Yeah. You just that, said. And now that I'm married, it doesn't matter what I pay. I'm, <laughs> I'm just playing baby. If you're listening to this, you know, you know, I love you, but, um, yeah. So what are some ways Trav that you, um, you think about this when it applies to your life? Well, the, the outside contributions, you know, that's, uh, I can definitely relate to that as of today because, you know, actually when I got hurt, man, NA showed up and showed out. Yeah. And I didn't even know what was going on. You know, I mean, uh, yeah. a lot of people, if y'all are out there listening, thank you so much for everything that y'all done, the prayers, you know, everything that everybody did. And uh, it would be prideful to say that, no, we didn't need to do that, and all, you know, but uh, it was very helpful. Yeah. You know, so accepting the, the outside contributions was, uh, was a big help in my life at that time. Yeah. You know, um, and, of course, you know, like being self-supported, you know, was a big deal to me, you know, because we got that man mentality, you know, like we're going to take care of everything that we can. You know, of course, today's standards is totally different from what it is back in, we'll go as far back as the 50s or the 60s, you know, the wife stayed at home and la, 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 and, you know, yeah. now, you know, women have jobs and we all meet together and, and come come home. And, of course, you know, I'm here stuck with my shit, yeah. as you call it, right now. You know, and uh, but we're still self-supporting right now. Yeah. Um, I don't think it's too prideful to say that the women in both of our relationships are the thoroughbreds of the group. Yeah, I would say so. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. They both are. Yeah. They... Uh, they definitely call the shots. Yeah. 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 Like the internet will go out or something. She, you pay that bill. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> of course I did. I paid it. 
you know. Yeah. And it's, you know, that was another thing, you know, like spending money or something like that. You know, uh, I never spend down to where it's like, oh, my God, what am I going to do? You know, um, and that that's a big deal that I that I take other people. And that's where the traditions really come together. You know, you got yeah. other people's. Um, I'm lost for words. What's the word I'm looking for? Other people's. I don't know. You don't know. Um, <laughs> but what I but what I think about it is, you know, outside contributions kind of makes us a prisoner to wherever that's coming from, you know, a lot of times. I mean, even take the good gesture that was given to you. Had you taken that money and just said, hey, I went out and bought a bunch of lottery tickets with this, people would probably have been upset. Absolutely. But if you go and work and you – buy your own lottery tickets nobody has shit they can really say no you know um even though people gave that it's a good and goodwill you probably still felt like you needed to spend that on things that were important to keep your life going like oh absolutely bills and things like that yeah if you went out and bought a brand new guitar with that money that would have been oh that would have been upsetting absolutely yes yeah now, one thing I do want to talk about is sometimes groups are not fully self-supporting. A new group may depend on money from another a couple uh, well, or other groups, or a couple of members may be funding that group. Uh, well, they got to be careful with that as well. Well, it happens, and that's what yeah. happened with because AA wasn't fully self-supporting when they first got started. the go The goal was to get there. Um, Sometimes groups, a couple of members, it, it starts with the resentment, a coffee pot, and a couple of members and a bunch of newcomers. And those usually those those members do financially support that meeting up until a point. Well, if it's going to be successful, they support it up until the point of where they can become self-supporting. And I think there are times where we may not be fully self-supporting, but that to me, that's always got to be the goal. Self to get to the point of self support has got to be the goal. And yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I've seen where, you know, cases of, you know, like when people start a group, they feel like their opinion on issues inside the group is more important than a newcomer's. You know, I've, I've witnessed that, you know, like, yeah. Um, and putting the whole, I know more than you kind of thing, you know, and that's, that's yeah. totally, uh, well, that's a form of not being self-supporting. Yeah. That's right? what I'm talking that's about. That's one individual. Yeah. You know, you know, like, but if they ask for money from say an area or another group to help get started and then the other group can say, Hey, look, we've got this, this group that's over here because we've got one right now that's got one member in it. Yeah. You know, and he's basically the only one that shows up. But that's how all these groups got started. Yeah. One member, I mean, you t- you hear that story about Bill yeah. all the time, you know, sitting on the steps down there in Decatur, Alabama. I think it was Decatur. Yeah. And Well, even our own group, Bobby, sitting on yeah. the steps. You know? Yeah. And look what it's come to. And look what yeah. uh, Survival did down in But Lawrence. he funded everything when it first got started. Yeah. You know, but the goal was always to get to be fully self-supporting to yeah. where. Well, that kicker is, is like that one individual doesn't give more than their fair share. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's what yeah. that's what it boils down to. And if you if you give more than your fair share, you're setting yourself up to be absolutely pissed off. Yeah. Like you're going to be recognized for, yeah. you know, sliding 100 in the basket. Yeah. You know, it's like, man, don't look for any kind of. Yeah. You give this to the group. I don't want you to think your voice is any bigger than anybody else. And, you know, like if they do that and they try to acknowledge themselves, yeah, it's like, what are you trying to do? It's just better to give your part just like everybody yeah. else. Just do, you know, you hey, know. but a dollar don't go very far. So if you listen to this, you know, drop a five or a ten in the basket. Yeah, when come you drop on now. It. We've been dropping a dollar. They've been dropping a dollar in since 1935. 
ever since it started. Wow. I seen that. I heard actually heard a member sharing about that the, uh, the Sunday was in 1935 the the uh contribution the the most common contribution was a one dollar bill wow yeah and well you got to remember where it came from too yeah you know what i'm saying because it was uh but a dollar back then was a pretty significant amount absolutely it's got to be at least i mean you might be able to get a tootsie roll now yeah um but yeah and ever since na's been founded They've been given a dollar bill, you know, and that's just, and look, if you're new and you're listening to this, we're not telling you that you need oh, to, you don't, you don't give enough. You no, no, that's not it. If you have the ability, if, if NA has blessed you and you know, you've got your life back together, you know, a little fiver every once in a while ain't going to hurt nothing. I like the, the, the old Jackson spot. Just drop a twenty. Yeah, drop, Just a, drop 20. a twenty. Yeah, you know, it ain't you know like, uh, man. I feel like I'm trying to tell people what to do. But, well, we're but not. It doesn't hurt. Yeah, yeah. But anyways, you know, self support is, is vital to the survival of our fellowship. It's vital to the addicts survival outside of the fellowship and i think in both situations if you're not self-supporting the goal's got to be to find a way to get there hey and one of the other things to this tradition is 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 have faith in a higher power that hey when you're going to have like uh some kind of event and you're worried about the money coming you know if it's supposed to happen it's going to happen Oh, every you know time. What I'm saying it's it's not like that. You have to worry about what you're spending and and all that. You know, it's like don't get stupid with it. But yeah. you know, you can uh, if you have a faith in a higher power, an event's supposed to happen. It will happen. Yeah, and 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 that's kind of how it ties into the previous tradition too. You know, don't let money, property, and prestige divert you from your primary purpose. Yeah. More money, more problems, man. Boy, man, I tell you what, it really creates a lot of arguments inside yeah. of a group. Let's not say arguments, disagreements. Let's yeah. go there. I heard a member say that he was a part of an area up in New York. <laughs> and uh, when they would get together and have area, this was a huge area, by the way, hundreds of groups. Um, he said there'd be about 25 or 30 GSRs just out of a hundred that would show up, and uh, he said they had they put a convention on. It made like thirty grand, and a hundred and twelve people, GSRs and alternates showed up to the to, to the area meeting, wanting to know what, what we're gonna, gonna do, do with that, that money. money. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, and I think. Um, you know, it, it says in the tradition, I believe, every NA group ought to be fully self-supporting, doesn't it? Absolutely. Right. And uh, I'm pretty sure. Does it say every NA group ought to be fully self-supporting? That's what the tradition says. Yeah. Yes. Um, which is interesting because I don't know this, but I'm pretty sure I've heard somebody say that world is not self-supporting. Well, it couldn't be. It's it's at the bottom of the ladder, right? So it's it's got to come, it's got to rain down from yeah. the groups in order to support it, right? Yeah, I think we've so, had to borrow money and things like that before. I don't know. I don't, I'm not even going to get into that because I don't fucking well, know. Only thing you got to do is just do your part and send your money to area and don't worry about the rest. Got, let God sort it out. I also heard a member said that if you're worried about what they're doing with your money at area, you can send it to region, and if you're worried about both of them, you can send them to the world. What do you do at that point if you're worried about what war? Just pick one. <laughs> Flip a quarter. So, Just don't keep the quarter. You can actually donate to all, um, any any portion of the service structure. Um, I know you can donate to World on the on the website, but you can donate to your area, to your region. It even and money matters, um, which is an IP. I think it. 
talks about a suggested percentage that goes to each of the well, three. Look, this is this is simple. It it really is. It's yeah. like, hey, look, pay to keep your lights on. Buy you a coffee pot. That's that's number one. That's the primary Buy, purpose. Yeah, yeah. Is is a coffee pot. How many people have you met around the coffee pot? And not necessarily that you'd go up and talk to them, but you see them at the coffee pot and you strike up a conversation with them. Yeah. You know, I mean, coffee pot is important. So I'm just going to get that out because that was a big but deal. But you were going along the lines of saying, get you a coffee pot, get you pay the lights, get your literature, make sure you have a prudent reserve. Then after that, send the rest of that shit on. Yeah. It will save you a lot of heartache. In it end. sure will. It really will. Most certainly will. Send it off. Yeah, let other people decide. And at the end of the day, guess what? It ain't our money. Yeah. Just don't send cash. That was another shot, wasn't it? It was a shot. Yeah. Did it make it? (laughs) It made it. It made it. Yeah. But don't send cash. Get a money order or a cashier's check. Yeah. Hey, and we're uh, we're interested to know what we forgot, too. I'm, I'm sure there's some things that we left out. If you're listening, please let us know um, what your interpretation is, what you understand about Tradition 7 and some ways that it's it's helped you um, not only with your group but in your personal life. And I think that's about it, TK. You good? Yeah, man. I think we've covered the bases. We will be back next week with Tradition Number 8. Thank you for joining us on our Living Clean Podcast. This is another platform that we can share our message of recovery, which is an addict, any addict, can stop using drugs, lose a desire to use, and find a new way to live. Join that no matter what club. You can contact us through text. The number is 931-306-9364.